0: Hello and welcome to Sustainability Behind the Curtain where we talk to the people working behind the sustainability movement to learn more about what sustainability is and how it affects us.
1: We explore what sustainability really means and talk to the experts about the ideas and innovations that can help us get there.
0: We are based out of the University of Saskatchewan, but the conversations we have are relevant on a much larger scale.
1: I'm Sydney Bolton, an undergraduate student at the University of Saskatchewan. I'm studying how people inhabit the environment and how we can work towards a more sustainable and harmonious relationship with the natural world.
0: I am Royal Hinther, an undergraduate student at the University of Saskatchewan, and I too am studying how sustainability affects all aspects of our lives.
1: Behind the scenes, we're joined by Karina Lenko, our fellow student and partner on this project.
0: Today's guest is Mariana Campos-Rivera. Mariana is a graduate student at the University of Saskatchewan investigating how Indigenous youth benefit from sharing their territorial and cultural knowledge with one another. Her
1: research is based in Mexico, where she's originally from, but her project has many interesting applications right here in Canada. She's also our teaching assistant, and we're really happy to have a chance to highlight the work she's doing. We talked to Mariana about her perspectives on sustainability, and here's what she had to say. Great, well, thank you so much for joining us, Mariana. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself?
2: Uh, Sure. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm Mariana. I'm a grad student at SENS in USAS, and I'm a TA for 401, uh, sustainability in action. I should know that. Yeah. So,
1: thanks. <laughs> so, uh, what is your job here on campus exactly?
2: Okay, so I'm a master's student in, at the School of Environment and Sustainability in the Department of Human Dimensions of Sustainability. So now I'm just doing a research and I'm working alongside indigenous youth in Mexico. So we research that along like traditional ecological knowledge and kind of like indigenous identities and adaptation to global change. What attracted you to that topic? Uh, Well, I have a background in biology. So I was always like super nerdy about like science stuff. But I also always wanted to do something more like on the social side of um, things. So when I was doing my undergrad, I started um, to do research on this area of ethnobiology, that is a mix between biology and anthropology. And that's how I I ended up uh, working uh, on these kind of like topics. And well, Mexico, I'm from Mexico and there's like, um, it's a pretty like diverse, country, both in um, ecosystems but also cultural groups. So I think I was really lucky to have like those interests in the perfect place to do that kind of research.
0: Um, so you've lived in two very different places, Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of wondering uh, what do you think is a prominent issue here in Saskatchewan regarding sustainability that maybe isn't necessarily as applicable as somewhere in Mexico State?
2: That's really interesting because uh, moving here, I started to question a lot of like cons- preconceptions that I had about like environmental issues, and I think here I notice a lot like the need to uh, all these land back movements or reconciliation processes that are not as common in Latin America more broadly because we live under this narrative that. Everyone is from mixed heritage, no? like everyone has some indigenous and European um, um, ancestors. And that's not necessarily true. And here I started to realize the importance of like collective and individual identity. And I think that identity can drive you to fight for a more sustainable and just world.
1: You, you talked about links to traditional ecological knowledge. What kind of similarities have you seen in Mexico and in Canada with that kind of topic?
2: Um, I think um, the importance and the need of involving new generations um, being learners of this knowledge and guardians, but also giving them room to adapt it to their environment and their realities. And also, um, this respect for elders and um, knowledge keepers. So I think regardless of where you are or what you do, that's a common um, thing between like different indigenous groups in both countries.
1: I, I liked how you described it as like being a guardian of it, but also being able to kind of adapt it and change it. And I think that that's really important these days the kind of modernization and taking these traditional concepts and making them work in our current system.
2: I think also it's really important for like non-indigenous people to also realize that um, indigenous identity and, and people are not like static or not because they keep traditions alive that means that they live in the past. So they're like also Living in this like super rapid changing world and with the face, uh, ch- facing the challenges they all face, you know, like climate change, or globalization, or poor labor way, uh, you know. Uh, so, so I think it's important to keep that in mind. But also, uh, it's for young people. It's important for them to know, and for us, like I also think we are like part of that young crowd. Um, to feel empowered to make change because we feel like we're gonna we're really aware that we're gonna face the challenges in a way that older generations haven't, and that can be like scary too yeah uh,
0: another question for you Maria. Um because uh young people especially have a lot of anxiety around the topic of climate change and stuff i think it's is it do you feel the importance of coordinating and maybe working with indigenous groups and people as a whole is maybe now more paramount than ever to maybe becoming more adaptive and resistant to the changes that we're gonna see?
2: I think so. And I think also we have the advantage of uh being able to to be in touch with people that maybe before we won't be able to, and like thanks to like technology or like all these online resources. So we can um, take advantage of that to grow like more em- em- empathetic, like uh, ways to achieve things or to organize. And all these movements, like Black Lives Matter or anti-colonialism or reconciliation, are like having more room because we're able to connect and to learn from each other.
1: Absolutely. Uh, before we we get into more of that idea of like solutions to these big problems, I want to go back to finding out your definition of sustainability. So as a a term or concept, what does sustainability mean to you?
2: I think it's, um, I'm really sure I see it more as as a path than a goal. So just like this idea that it's in the back of your mind to help you like make decisions. And also, I think it's like just seeking like a, um, a life full of dignity and justice for like, humans, but also every other living being. That's that's super concise,
1: and I think that that's a very <laughs> empathetic way of looking at sustainability. So do you think that this uh, definition of sustainability has helped frame your research in any way?
2: Oh, for sure. Um, it has really helped me to learn from from my collaborators and by this I mean like the people that I have interviewed because first I was really worried or concerned about human well being. No. Like I'm not saying that I was like polluting and like not caring about the environment, but for me yeah. <laughs> the the goal was to to work alongside people. And then just I realized how that can happen and cultural richness can't happen without like the land or the territory that surrounds us so yeah that for sure has has changed with my work
0: um we we have to deal with a lot of uh, problems here in canada maybe in saskatchewan what do you think in regards to your views on sustainability is maybe the biggest challenge for us as a province right now in moving forward
2: Hmm. I think uh, it's really hard because it's um. How to get people involved or how to get people to participate? I think we we could assume that everyone is kind of scared in different degrees about like how things could change, and I everyone wants to feel like secure and supported, and maybe that's why sometimes they they don't um want to hear about like the hard truths of like, uh, the sustainability issues that we're facing. So, I don't know, I think a really tough challenge is to connect with people and giving give them, them room to participate and make them feel like their voice matters, even if what they're saying doesn't align what, with what we're thinking.
0: Thank you, thank you. Um, do you think in the current like, context of, COVID-19 and the pandemic and everything do you think that we've almost been set back maybe a couple of years just because we've all become a lot more disconnected maybe in person compared to the the virtual aspect
2: oh wow that's a tough question because at some points I'm really optimistic about like oh no we we have realized that it's really important to be there for each other and then some other things happen that I'm like we didn't learn like a thing (laughs) you know um but I'm hopeful and optimistic, so I feel at least uh, in more like local or small scales, uh, we learned that it's important to, to connect even in, in any way that we can or to reach out. And there is, there is no like small um, step or thing that we can do for, for another uh, living being.
1: So, if it's not COVID nineteen and kind of this retreat into our own personal bubble, mm-hmm. what do you think is one of the biggest challenges stopping us from communicating and sharing and being open to that discussion about sustainability?
2: Um, like, I think we're really constrained by by different systems, you know. Uh, that are bigger than us and sometimes we don't realize that they exist and that are caging us. So they're like um, social inequality or like the pressure to have like a job that will help you to pay the bills. So I don't. sometimes I don't think it's fair to demand people to act or to worry about things that they can see how it's gonna help them like right away when you're worried about like Having money to pay for, for food now this month or whatever, mm-hmm. um, so at some points I think things need to get worse in order for us to be really like okay, uh, it's moment is is a moment for us to act, but we we can just uh, try to work on our like local levels to just enhance that participation and they're like invisible things that we can see like our gender not imposs- invisible but they're not talked about enough like our gender or, or race or how we are perceived by others that those all those things don't allow us to participate as much as we wanted
1: this this sounds a lot like the idea of, of eco justice or climate justice uh
2: do you think that that Uh, informs your perspective of sustainability? For sure, like all these ideas of environmental justice and political ecology and also um, mixing some economic theories with more environmental things like eco-marxism or eco-feminism has really shaped my, my view. One last question that I, I wanted to ask is uh, what would you tell
1: someone or how would you talk to someone who's skeptical about sustainability or doesn't see the importance of it? Like you talked about how it's, it's important to recognize that some people have bigger needs, like putting food on the table or having a, a fair wage. And that's that's one argument. But what would you say to someone like that who maybe is having trouble realizing the importance of sustainability?
2: Yeah, I had I've been thinking about that question a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's really hard when you're really convinced about something and you hear someone that doesn't see it, that can just, like, well, at least my mind just crashes when I, when I see that. And I don't know. For, I'm just going to, like, give an example with my family. Like, there was this wave of feminism in Latin America, and I got really into that in the last maybe like five years and it was really hard to talk about that with my parents and I really wanted I really want them to see why it was important for me and they have always been really into politics and things like that so I try to frame this feminism idea in terms that they already agree with. And there were a lot of parallelisms, so they could understand it in terms that they uh, agree with. So maybe something like that is gonna be like particular for each individual, but try to see where they come from and align. Like everyone is affected by by sustainability issues in in different ways. So try to identify that and make them aware that that's gonna affect them.
0: Marietta, thank you for, for meeting with us and thank you for being our first uh, interviewee <laughs> on our new sustainability podcast. Um,
1: yeah, thank you very much. I, I think you have a lot of really insightful answers. You've obviously thought a lot about this and I, I think that makes sense, especially coming from more of the social sustainability and like human-centered side. So I, I feel privileged to talk with you about
2: this. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Thank you for coming behind the curtain with us to learn more about sustainability. For helping us to make this podcast possible, we would like to thank the University of Saskatchewan and the Saskatoon Co-op.
0: And a special thanks to Colin, Vladimir, Palmer, and everyone who has supported us so far. You can find more information and more episodes like this at www.sustainabilitypod.wixsite.com. I'm Sydney. I'm Royal, and
1: and this has has been Sustainability sustainability Behind the curtain.
0: Curtain.